Hello everyone, welcome back. This is certainly a different time that I am recording in and entering. I know that I've been taking a bit of a break on the podcast recording. Um, I do want to apologize for that. You know, I just had a lot of difficulties with life and such. So I think you'll be able to forgive me because I've been pretty frank about my uh, current uh, situation. Uh, If you've been following me online, on Twitter, I have my uh, Twitter I've been pretty active on there, so, and you know, during that uh, interim period, I had I have made pretty uh, good gains uh, in terms, I guess, a follower count. But honestly, like, I'm not too super active on there. I just, uh, I'm just mainly shit posting. I'm not really adding too much to the conversation. But, and, and you know, in a lot of ways, I do prefer being obscure. But uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I believe now I'm in a good position to restart with the podcast. I mean the collapse isn't going anywhere and certainly now with our uh, current global situation i feel like it's a good point to jump back in and it's funny though not not in not this situation isn't funny at all but it's just like it in terms of the podcast uh, the last episode i recorded um was about the uh war the little war between uh the gaza strip and israel and that was a pretty good uh podcast in terms of performance or i guess ratings and views so yeah, I guess if I was going to take a break, I should have ended on a, a high note. So that uh, at least is good for my program. But now I just want to get back in and uh, I don't want to get too into my personal like life and daily situation. Um, If you hadn't followed me on my uh, my Twitter, you would have seen uh, just like little snippets of just like my daily uh, uh, activities and just uh, circumstances. Uh, just like real like real like synopsis, really, like there was a point where I like was just like set on just like leaving everything behind and like I, I really set my mind on leaving for Colorado and I did I made it all the way to Durango um yeah that's a, that was a bit of an odyssey and now of course right now currently where I'm recording I'm back in Huntsville and recording and or trying my best to stay in college and do what I can although I've been missing a lot of classes and today I'm still missing classes because this is just like how can you go to class like this is Especially with uh, this, you know, because I, I kind of like semi-professional podcaster. So, yeah, I'm just like following this in real time. I'm currently like watching um, YouTube live streams of different locations in Kiev because the uh, Russian blitz is uh, set to um, start. In fact, like they've been making uh, pretty significant um, headway in uh uh, just Ukraine, it's just like making moves and such. So they're, they're really like trampling through. Um, I've tried to get on the live uh, map, interactive map for Ukraine, but it just seems to be down. So who knows what that's about. But yeah, I'm just trying my best to stay focused in, on this in real time. It's currently in Ukraine, Ukraine time. In, in my current time, it's 1023. Ukraine time is uh, 623 or so, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah uh pm um yeah i'm sorry i'm just like i'm getting a bit scatterbrained because i'm trying to talk about what i've been up to and what i'm been what my life has been so far and what this current kiev situation or uh, ukraine situation is It, it, it this is just too much i i i've been pretty calm about this and i of course i've online i haven't I, i've been I, i'm firmly in ukraine's camp but I'm under no illusion. Oh, I hear some sirens. 
Okay, those are just ambulance. Okay, uh, I'm under no illusion that um, the West and NATO aren't partly responsible for this conflict. Like you know that that is that that case is very true. Uh, I just want to say at least you know it's very obvious who the aggressor here is. Um, you, you can make a case about the separatists and Dumba Dumbass and Luhanks and okay for sure, um, but. In terms of the greater Ukraine state, it's very obvious who the aggressor here is. And Putin, in, in no uncertain terms, is a, like justifiable or righteous in any way. Um, uh, he, he's, you know, of course, he's trying to wrap himself around like, oh, I'm doing this for Russia's best interest, but this is really for his interests. So th this is all, um, yeah, this is a lot. But again, I want to get back to at least uh, talking about my, uh, my life, my situation, just to wrap up, because I, I was on the road for a while and just like living day to day on the out of my car basically and I was doing pretty okay so um and you know I was like really about to start like working like that's like a real situation where my mind was uh set on like okay I have to work like I, I like because I, I like working you know so my mind was just like I gotta find a job so I made it to Durango immediately went to finding some work and sleeping out of parking lots and renting a motel for a couple of nights or two. Luckily, I was there in like September, but the nights were getting cold, like even in September. And you know, the, like, I, I, yeah, Durango is just a nice spot. Like, it was really just a moment of clarity. Uh, I can't really put into words. You know, of course, I'm still a bit scatterbrained about this whole Kiev situation. But um, yeah, you know, I really, I just needed a vacation. So that's really what it was. Uh, I just needed to get away. Like, I literally blocked my whole family. Well, not my whole family, because I was still talking to my aunts and uncles in New York. So it wasn't like I was, like, completely off the face of the earth. It was more just, like, the people in my immediate life who truly have been a pain in my ass. I mean, not that I don't love them, but, like, they they really are a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, I need to, like, get away from them or, like... I don't know how to describe it. I had more peace living out of my car and living like in day-to-day -day life and really like really tight situations. There was a couple moments where I'm like, oh shit, if I make the wrong move, I am dead. Not like like physically like I'm going to die, but just like I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's what, what would have happened. Like it, it would have been more of a slow death, not like, oh, I'm about to get shot. That never happened. Although there was like a stalker situation. I, I mean, I have so many stories. Oh my God. It's just like, I, I'm probably going to, I don't know how to even like frame it. It's just like there were so many instances where like uh, if I make the wrong move or you know, if I look somebody the wrong way, I don't know what's going to happen. So that's really all I can say there. Uh, luckily, I was armed for most of it and I did have my license to carry uh, for Texas. Even though I'm saying this right now, I might incriminate myself, but it's more just like at least I had some stuff on me and some documents and training and licenses to at least have my back. But yeah, luckily nothing ever happened. So whatever. Uh, yeah, man, the things that I'm saying online right now, like there's probably just like a agent just like, go on, please. Just typing everything down. So yeah, so that's really all I w I'm willing to talk about for now. And probably as I record later on and uh, focus on more domestic circumstances. Because I really, it was a really a... Uh, an eye-opening situation about the current uh, 
daily lives of people, especially when I, when I was in Albuquerque. Yeah, that was an eye-opening experience. I've been to parts of the world. I've been to the Dominican Republic. My family's from there, so I, I travel there a lot. And you know, when I'm there, I'm like living in some rugged situations. But you know, when when you see like poverty in other parts of the world, it's more natural, and it's more just like people. There, there is people like they 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 built it from the earth, so like they're more in tune with the area. It's a lot more natural and more communal, and people are just like it's not like they're starving or drug addicted or, you know, although there are some substance issues in Dominican Republic, I'm not doubting that. It's just like when I've been in rugged, rural, uh, impoverished situations in Dominican Republic, I've, uh, of course, felt more secure. Of course, I'm Dominican myself, but it's very obvious that I'm an American tourist. So it's just like I get some pass, but yeah. I don't know where I'm trying to get at, but what I'm talking about is really about U.S. poverty in those situations, especially in Albuquerque where I was at. There was a there was a point in time where like I my car was uh, overheating, so I had to get it fixed, and it was about taking almost uh, a week because I had to get some funds together. Dude, I was just like living out of this motel. I'm just like fuck, oh shit, shit. Like it was that area where. Uh, Shit, I'm like, it's it's more on the south side. Like, there's a freeway. It's one of those spots where, like, there's a freeway in the south side. It's just, like, a completely different environment than the north side. And it was one of those spots where I just had to do everything that I needed to do during the daytime. Because at night, I had to stay inside. Not that anything weird was happening, but there was, like, a couple of, like, spots where, like, I saw, like, some, like, red tape. You know, that, that red tape that cops use. I'm just like, oh, okay. So yeah, um, man, I, I'm just trying to say so much at once. I know I'm kind of like um, getting a bit scatterbrained, but um, yeah, that's just like basically what my life has been about. And of course, if you've been watching my uh, Twitter during that time, I was you know, making some comments about just what's happening out here. Um, and I understand that like, you know, it, it does, it, it is irresponsible and foolish to just run off like that and yeah, basically just leave everything behind because that's where my mind was. I'm just like, there's nothing here for me. And I still feel that way. I still feel like there's really nothing for me here. And I don't I don't want to live here. <laughs> I don't want to live in Texas, Houston. I didn't choose to come here. So I don't believe I should. I, I don't believe I'm obligated to stay. As much as my family would like to guilt trip me and such, I, I just don't. I don't feel like I have any obligation here, especially after this holiday season when when I returned it just confirmed everything that um I've been feeling yeah and you know thankfully now I'm living in my own space for now until July although you know I have to get my funds together because I'm waiting on this tax return I'm just like please um or tax refund I'm, I'm just like please any moment any moment now um but yeah it's just like yeah, interesting. When I live on my own, there's peace and quiet. I actually like have healthy eating habits because I'm actually focused on uh, sustenance and not my emotional needs. Like you know, trying to feel good and comfort eat. It's just yeah, interesting. Um, I need a pet. I don't plan on, especially now with this global situation, 
because we might be ending up in a world war. Um, probably not going to be dating, so I need at least a pet or something. Okay, so now there's sirens in Kiev, so something's about to happen. Um, but yeah, so just currently what, what what's happening, at least in Kiev, is um, there are forces in suburbs uh, around the area, especially in the northwest. They're trying to, like, pincer it. Because uh, the river, the, the city is, uh, uh, I guess, uh, divided by the Dnieper River. I shouldn't say I guess. It is. It is divided by the Dnieper River. So they're trying to pincer it. I believe in the northeast, there's been a column that's been halted, although they're making flanking movements. Um, in the northwest, they demolished the bridge. So they're, they've halted a column, but yeah, they're still making moves. And right now, um, as you've been hearing, there are sirens. This is 6.33 Kiev time. So who knows what's going to happen. Probably some air assault, uh, cruise missiles. I mean, they say tonight's going to be the night. So who knows? They've been making um, defenses or arming civilians and uh, militias. I mean, there's general mobilization. I mean, this is really like... I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. The people of this area, the because this is what they've been talking about. This is what they've been um. This is what they've been preparing for. This is what life has been about for them. This is crazy too. I also have a, a live feed of Saint Michael's Golden Dome Cathedral in Kiev. So, who knows what's about to happen and what's about to unfold? So, to to give you a bit of a rundown. Uh, of the current uh, global situation, the current Ukrainian invasion by Russia is that for the first phase, initially, and of course, this is my um, Hearts of Iron 4 uh, brain speaking now, this armchair general, but this is, you know, we're, we're really getting a, a, a look into what this modern uh, w new age of modern warfare is going to look like. So they've been doing initially surgical strikes and you know being a little more precise. So of course, though, Russia doesn't have the same level of uh, sophisticated fire support that the United States does, but still, like, it's far more superior than what Ukraine has. So yeah, they've been making strikes, and of course, Ukrainian air defenses have been at work, and they've been making good work at least, um, but. You know, last night there was uh, supposedly a Ukrainian jet that was shot down by Russian air um, systems, air defense systems. So currently, the, like I'm hearing different reports saying that Russia has air superiority and no, it's still hotly contested. And then there was a story about the ghost of Kiev and all these different stories are coming out. There's a lot of misinformation, of course. So, you know, of course, I might. Uh, share something online, you know, thinking and, you know, being hopeful because I, I want Ukraine to win. I want them to, you know, punch Russia in the nose, at least, you know, going down fighting because, like, I, I don't like bullies. And uh, this is what it is. You, you can say what you want. Uh, I, I'm I'm not denying that there aren't um, far right ultranationalist elements with uh, Ukraine, with the government, uh, especially with the paramilitary forces. Not denying that at all. Not denying that at all. But 44 million Ukrainians aren't all Nazis. And, you know, Putin Putin doesn't really care about denazifying Ukraine. That's not... He doesn't care about that. It, this is about his control of the region. 
he's barely even interested about the interests of uh, Russia. So I hope you don't hear my fridge too much. I'm recording in like my living room, but I'm just gonna keep talking. Yeah, this is just uh, this is an imperialist conflict by Russia. And you know, I, I want to say another thing about Russia. Well, I'll, I'll go on a tangent about that, but like, I, I just want to say like, this is of course very uh, divisive. This is a very divisive topic and issue. You know, for the left, apparently. And for all good reasons, I mean, because people are very, like, they're making very valid points about conflict, about the West and NATO and its role in this uh, entire uh, world war that we're in. And, uh, well, it's not yet a world war, but it is. <laughs> this is how it starts. Yeah, man, this is crazy. And, you know, I, I thought Putin was smarter than this. I really did. I thought he was, um, I, I thought he was bluffing. I didn't think he was actually going to do this. Not that I'm some like military expert genius. I, I mean, haven't really been making like uh, super hardcore like claims as some other uh, people online have. But yeah, man, like I didn't think Putin would actually do this because the consequences from the West would have been so severe. But I think he's at a point where he doesn't care anymore. Here's the thing, because Putin has to be strong against the West and he also has to be strong against his own oligarchs, uh, his colleagues and mafia allies, because Russia is, it's like a feudal empire, basically. It's just like a different form of it. I mean, the guy literally has press conferences from the, the Winter Palace, so and he's directly making claims from the Russian Empire. So, like, what other signals do you need about his intentions? Um, you know, it, it's just like... Yeah, man. Um, I don't know, because I don't want to go on a tangent about Russia and make it seem like I'm being Russophobic. That's a new term now that's being used. I'm just... Uh, I'm trying to be consistent here in terms of my ideology when it comes to imperialist conflicts. And I don't support any imperialist conflicts, right? So I don't... I, I've never supported the U.S.'s... Uh, conflicts well i mean i was too young at the time but you know it's still like in hindsight like of course i don't support this uh, i never supported the iraq war nor the uh afghanistan invasion even with you know this veneer of uh, justification with 9-11 like it's, it's still like the the way it was carried out was wrong and of course we, we've seen it now of course and then of course the actions in libya and syria or support of the wars in uh, Yemen and uh, Somalia and other parts of Africa. And just like, you know, the, the U.S. is in a very different position than it was in the past world wars and that we are the world superpower. So this war, this world war, is not about the U.S. entering the world stage. It's more about maintaining our place and maintaining the hegemony, hegemony excuse me, and uh, who knows, this might drive China further away from us as trade partners, and they, they might lock arms with uh, Russia, just out of necessity. And who knows what else, they might also partner up with Pakistan, North Korea, Iran, and other uh, Central Asian countries. I mean, yeah, we just had like a revolution in Kazakhstan, 
that just completely went over people's heads. That was crazy. That just it's just everything is unfolding so quickly. But yeah, man. So Oh man, this is just crazy. It's currently still quiet in Kiev. There's some sirens. I haven't seen anything else. There's like multiple different camera points in Kiev I'm looking at. So there's been no strikes or anything, no explosions or yeah. But the assault is expected to start either today or tonight. Or they're just planning to do a certain encirclement. But either way, they're going to have to bombard the area and shell the area. So, like, there's, it's going to be devastating. Already, some of the footage that's been coming out has been pretty bad. And I, and I think the Russian military wasn't expecting the Ukrainians to put up this much of a fight. You know, the, the Ukrainian forces have certainly uh, gained an advantage through our uh, supplying, our support and supplying of uh, different weapons, especially Javelin missiles and such. So, yeah. So let's see what just happens, you know. We're just going to watch, but I'm going to keep talking. Just, you know, just so you can hear my two cents. Because, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot to be said. And I just want to at least elaborate on my thoughts. Because that's really what this show is about. It's just my thoughts. I'm not really an expert on anything. I have been following this Ukrainian crisis since uh, its inception, really. Anyway, it's just like a lot. Yeah, man. But I also want to make another point about, um, you know, other uh, Eastern European countries. Uh, there's been talks floating now of Sweden and Finland making uh, moves to join NATO. And that could be a serious escalation. Because uh, Russia doesn't want NATO to expand. But of course, Russia's actions now are scaring the other neighboring countries, European countries that have historically been uh, under the boot of Russian imperialism. So, yeah, they want to... Well, in Sweden's case, Sweden has been imperialist towards Russia. But in Finland, yeah, like they, they have real good reasons to not be trustworthy of uh, Putin's uh, word. And then, of course, the Baltic states, Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, and Poland. And I'm guessing the Balkans are going to be a bit of a toss-up, as usual. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Eastern Europe, the former Soviet republics, as they're called, yeah, they're very, uh, they don't want to go back. They, they're, they, those memories are still very fresh. In fact, I have uh, some, like, they're like family but they're really just fr friends. Um, the father is... Uh, his father is uh, a former Hungarian resistance fa uh, fighter. And uh, he was... Uh, he, he fled, of course, the Soviet invasion, and then they went to Colombia, and that's how uh, he came into our lives because his wife is Dominican, so, of course, naturally, my, our mothers got along, or our, you know, my mom and his wife got along... Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, just seeing that, just seeing how close it is. So of course, this issue, of course, is very touchy for him because, you know, he, he is a, a survivor or his father was a survivor of Russian aggression or I guess Soviet aggression, but it's really kind of interchangeable. Some people still think that this is like Soviet, uh, communist 
actions and aggression when like this is not even remotely communist yeah but what i mean about finland and sweden joining nato and you know possible actions by russia is that you know that, that that's just serious escalation these are so-called neutral countries but if they join nato they're no longer neutral but if russia acts aggressively against finland then what do we do I think we have to defend them because this this is like at, at what point do we stop like he just attacked Finland because Finland now wants to join NATO and it's like you're gonna attack every country that's gonna want to join NATO then just attack NATO like what the hell like so this is um pot the possibility of nuclear war um if <sighs> shit because though legally he like nuclear weapons cannot be used internationally so domestically it's only you know acceptable i don't know if putin is that crazy enough to just go all out and glass the planet i don't think he's that deranged but who knows at this point i, I just currently as i'm thinking and sitting here now like i'm just having to accept the reality that i am now in the gears of history I'm thinking of a quote from Gandalf, well, Frodo and Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, and you know, I definitely need to watch this movie to uh, feel some inspiration. But uh, you know, Frodo is just saying, you know, I wish, you know, I'd never, uh, you know, lived in these times, and Gandalf is saying everybody wishes they were never born in these times, but it's not up to us, you know, what times that we live in. You know, what's up to us is what we do in that time. Or, you know, I'm not really... Ian McKellen, of course, like, it just does it gracefully, more gracefully than I can. But, yeah, that's just... That's all I can feel right now. Because I have to accept the fact that the world is at war, or it's about to be at war. There's been no declaration as of this recording. Who knows how long this will continue. But, yeah... I seriously have to consider getting in shape, working and exercising. I still need to get my degree. I haven't gotten my degree yet, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows at this point? Because my GPA is fucked and I already like missed so many classes. I'm participating and I've been doing good on test, tests and, you know, so I've been doing what I can. You know, I'm, I'm not completely ignoring my responsibilities, but yeah, this is... um. This is a very difficult situation for everybody. But yeah, this is um I don't how do I even begin? It's just for me, it's just something to ponder because if there's a war, not that I would ever because I, I say like I'm like floating the idea, oh I gotta get in shape, or like I I'm not in any way like physically capable. At the moment, if I if I do the training right and exercise, I can certainly get there. Um, who knows? Maybe after some medical examinations, they'll find something. Certainly with my feet, I, I I'm not flat-footed, but yeah, there have been some X-rays done on my feet where I'm just like, holy shit! Like uh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I like 
it's still surreal to believe that this is happening because like last night i was up like pretty late just like watching everything unfold and i had been uh watching uh the agenda free uh tv youtube channel steven lookner uh he's been doing very good in-depth stuff um like i haven't really been watching any like mainstream media sources because they just do terrible analysis and of course that's they're all uh trying to manufacture consent and like still like people like I really hate how the press is like talking, um, especially in these press briefings, because they're just openly talking about like, what, what's the U.S. going to do? Are we going into Ukraine? Like, that, like, do you, like, why are you asking that question? And like, they just said that they weren't going to let. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm, it's just like the media and, and you know, I have to applaud Zelensky, the president, because you know, before this invasion. He had been criticizing the media and saying, like, this is not helping the, the way you, are, you guys are talking. This is not helping at all. And, yeah, they're not helping at all. Like, they love this. The media loves this. This is entertainment for them. They're getting views and ratings, and they can do, like, live coverage. This is the Super Bowl for them. You know, they're... they're <laughs> it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy, crazy. Uh, how much you want to bet... Eventually, they're going to create some infographic, and you're going to see Wolf Blitzer, like, just, like, you know, doing 3D, like, zoom in, like, Tony Stark, like, <laughs> zoom in on the front lines, and just, like, like uh, you, you know, um, this is a bit of a callback, uh, Tom Clancy and War, I love that game, but, like, that's basically what he's going to be doing, is, like, uh, tonight, the assault on Kiev, and he just zooms in, and, he, wow, man, I'm just, this is all crazy to me. And, like, I'm kind of, like, half-inspired to just uh, turn on uh, Arma 3 and just, like, go in Zeus mode and create, like, a just a, a battle between Ukrainian forces and Russian forces and just, like, recreate the circumstances that these soldiers are going through because there's been heavy fighting in some of these cities. Um, there's a currently, as, you know, as I'm speaking right now, there's currently a battle ongoing in Kherson, or at least, you know, the, the Russians were, you know, fighting pretty heavily there. There's also been some heavy sh shelling in other areas. Uh, Kharkiv, uh, there's some fighting in the outskirts. And they, they're probably going to get overrun in the next, like, 24 hours or 48 hours. Uh, you know, there's been some halting of um, these columns. And, you know, there's been some pretty serious uh, footage of, like, destruction. Because, like, these Russian forces that they've been sending in, they seem to be inexperienced or, like, unequipped or... I don't know what the the exact plan is for Russia. Uh, historically speaking, Russia is kind of slow on a lot of military offensives and operations. But now they're sending in the bad boys. The they've been sending in the the Chechens, or at least they're mobilizing the Chechens. So like they're they're going in. <laughs> this is going to get bad. Yeah, it's currently quiet still. There was uh, some sirens from Kiev in Kiev. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna have to pay close attention. Pay close attention. So, as I was saying, right? Because I'm talking, of course, a big game of like, whoa, I might have to join the army. Whoa, it's more just um. Ah, how do I say this? Because of course, it, I sound like an idiot saying that. Like, what the fuck kind of army am I gonna fight? I don't know. Because a lot of young men are gonna die. Uh, and, you know, I'm 25 years old, I don't have a girl, I don't really even know where my life is going, 
you know, this at least is a bigger purpose than me. And at least, you know, it, it, this isn't like some conflict, you know, I'm going into like Iraq fighting some insurgency or uh, like I'm actually like we're, we're fighting like a worthy adversary. Uh, we're fighting a bully, Putin. And of course, I don't want this to be a fight against Russia because I love Russia. Uh, you know, like, yeah. Like Russian history, Russian culture, and music. I've been listening to a lot of Russian like waltzes lately. It's um, yeah, some good studying music. Yeah, man, it's just it's really unfortunate that we're in these circumstances, and a lot of Russians don't want this war either. They don't want this. There's been a lot of protests, and those people are brave. This isn't like getting arrested at a BLM rally, like, and not that I can speak from experience. I've never been arrested, but uh, th yeah, this is not what that is this is uh like they've, they've been saying so far like any criticism of the conflict is treason like that's what it is um and there have been some uh civilians like on like nbc they've been like doing interviews and like they've been giving their names and like it's just like dude like hats off to you you know for standing up because they're gonna crack down on this <laughs> But yeah, it, it, this is all, yeah, this is all just very eye-opening, um, very, uh, very sad. Of course, nothing has happened so far, but, well, there's a lot that's been happening. As I'm just recording right now and talking, and I don't want to, like, be too long-winded with this conversation and analysis, and, yeah, I just want to at least keep up and, like, see what happens uh, as it unfolds and offer what uh, words that I can say. It's just interesting to me to see some takes and some people's responses to all this. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to, like, pretend like I've been, like, prim and proper because I have been shitposting. It's a war, okay? And that's what I do. I shitpost about really, like, fucked up circumstances and situations. I'm not making any light or, um, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, make uh, fun of this suffering that's happening because a lot of people are going to die and a lot of people have died um, there's going to be a lot of destruction a lot of devastation and misery and just the, the refugee crisis already that's beginning is starting to unfold and I, I, I've just um, read a report about like some African like students that were in Ukraine have been denied access in Poland that's a very unfortunate but that's happening and like other reports of um ukrainian uh military officials like they'll, they'll pull over a bus and then they'll find every able-bodied person and of course the mobilization i believe is uh, 18 to 60 but i believe they'll start like dipping into like 16 and 14 yeah like they're uh, they're gonna start getting whatever they can because like, this defense that they have to mount is kind of like, um, I think of it as like an ant, like ant horde, or, you know, like when you step on an ant hill, all these ants come rushing out. That's kind of what I imagine it to be. So, of course, you can, like, swat them away, but then they keep coming back. And then, of course, if they're, you know, if they're like fire ants and they keep stinging you, eventually you're just like, oh, shit, and you got to run away because it's just like you're overwhelmed. Like, yeah, I remember one point I was um, playing soccer with my dad and I was like, 
like there was like these two trees so we were making that kind of like a makeshift goal and um you know we're, i was um at the time i was doing like little league soccer so we were practicing like goalie stuff because i couldn't run because <laughs> i was too big so i could play goalie and just like sit still but i would have to jump and make sure i defend the the goal but you know at, at a certain point like i'm just standing in this one point and i have no clue that i'm standing on top of a, a fire ant's nest so at a certain point like i i i don't know how i was able to ignore this but like at a certain point i just looked down because i feel like it's burning all over my legs i'm like what the fuck and then i looked down and there's ants everywhere all over my legs and i'm like freaking out and like and, and a couple of them got into my pants too it's fucking crazy that this happened to me um i wasn't even like 10 years old this is crazy but yeah i um of course understandably i was freaking out and crying and like yeah um, that was just crazy experience but that, that that's just what i'm imagining right now as russia gets further and further into this mess because i there are there are absolutely like commanders in this military, Russia's military, who were on the ground in Afghanistan. So I don't know how this is like lost on them. Like how this is like, how do you expect this to turn? Because like the Ukrainians are like they they've historically always resisted Russian, uh, you know, Russian aggression. They they always do. So like, what, what's going to make this any different? course i'm speaking history and such it's just like this is all like a lot of course i'm an american filthy american doesn't know anything and should stay out of world affairs uh yeah i just um yeah just sitting on the sidelines and watching what's happening right now it's really quiet in kiev still there's been a couple of sirens uh i think ambulance or police sirens no air raid sirens yet but uh yeah any moment now they're they're expecting an assault so tonight is expected to be the the blitz so any second uh but yeah man this is crazy that we're in this mess but uh it's just it's just fascinating to me what, what Putin's intentions are what his plan is um i think he's just in a corner not only globally but domestically he's just in a corner and uh he's gonna he's gonna go down taking everybody with him it seems that's what his intentions are so somebody in the you know I, i'm not one to float regime change ideas i feel like putin is going to put russia into a position that is so uh horrific or because russia has been like able to enjoy some like they, they had the collapse of the U the, the soviet union so that of course was a bad experience but you know they haven't really had a war of this magnitude since world war ii and everybody's pointing back to world war ii you know you, you can say okay yeah the, the chechen conflicts and other post-soviet conflicts were certainly rough experiences definitely but this is truly a global uh crisis and Russia is the bad guy, as much as they would like, uh, as much as Putin would like to paint them as, you know, we're we're uh, we have a knife to our throat, we have no other options. No, you have no other options. Um, 
again, this is what rulers do. They wrap the interests of the nation. They, they wrap their interests with the uh, nation's interests. And they say that we have to be strong and united. And we have to fight against the uh, aggression of the corrupt West because they want to isolate us. They don't want us to be strong. We are Russia and we are um, we are the motherland. Yeah, this is going to turn into some really weird nationalist uh, rhetoric. I mean, already, like, he, he, Putin is already, like, saying the you know, an intervention will see a response uh, of a magnitude that you have never seen. So it was like, what are you saying, dude? Like, you, like you're already saying you want to start using nukes? Like, fuck, dude. Yeah, man. I, I never, you know... Putin seemed like a more of a, you know, intricate, delicate, like, web weaver. But now the mask is off, it seems. And he's just going to go full on, just, you know, bull in a china shop. Just, oh, my God, man, this is just going to be something else. But, again, you know, this is the early phase. So, they're, of course, they're still going to be strategic and surgical with some strikes and, and such. But... Once those armored columns start moving into the cities, they're going to have to start shelling hard. That's just the reality of the situation. The, the urban fighting is going to be crazy. Yeah, as I said, the, the, they're arming civilians, so general mobilization, and they're starting to hand out Molotov cocktails and handing out instructions for Molotov cocktails and where to uh, strike armored vehicles. Because I guess there's like an intake for the, the crew inside. So... If you strike there and start a flame in the intake, that's, of course, going to suffocate the crew inside. So, yeah, it's just all, yeah, this is all crazy, crazy, crazy to see. They're going to use whatever trick they can to resist the invaders. This is basically, um, you know, like we're a Call of Duty finest hour. It's just like, you know, just death to the invaders we must fight for your mothers and your and your girls and we must take the square in the like yeah they're gonna go into the independent square and there's gonna be some battle and some human wave charge or something oh my god this is just all crazy 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 wow man but yeah um kiev is is expected to fall i don't know if the president has uh, been evacuated or you know he's his family has been move to an undisclosed location and the, the he's certainly Zelensky is certainly a target uh the goal is to decapitate the government so who knows uh you know what's going to happen with that but yeah they plan to fight in Kiev they're not going to let it down Kiev is a uh, Kiev has huge uh significance for like I guess you could say the Slavic civilization you know, it's a, it's kind of like the the ancient capital in the same way that like, you know, you have like cities like Moscow and Saint Petersburg, because you know during the Napoleonic era, like the the capital was Saint Petersburg, but Moscow was seen as like the ancient heart of Russia. So Kiev is kind of like the heart, I guess, of Russian Slavic you know, culture and civilization. This is just a lot of history. And a lot of people are like, they're, they're really like, people are digging deep into history. 
uh, to give context to this current uh, conflict. Because these people are like, Ukrainians and Russians are their cousins, they're, they're, they're family, you know, they're the same peoples, really. You know, like a lot of people make the case that Ukrainian is basically just a dialect of Russian. Of course, I don't have the expertise about uh, the linguists, the, the linguistics of, uh, you know, that area. But it's just, you know, I, I see some people making some pretty ignorant comments about this. You know, it's effectively kind of like saying like, um, oh, well, you know, Dominicans and Mexicans are like the same. It's just like, what are you talking about? You know, it's just like, or and that's that's a poor example. But I'm just trying to give like you know an idea of like how some people are viewing this situation, and because like the people they they look alike and they sound alike, so what's the big deal? Why are they fighting? You know, you guys are the same, and in a way, I guess um Putin sees it that way because he he's basically like he he just like basically delegitimized the Ukrainian state. Uh, Ukrainian culture and like I, national identity, ethnic identity is just like, like dude, like so I I'm on like it, it it's gonna be um no surprise to see uh, once this occupation is carried out that they're going to russify this region. Now what does that mean? Uh, who knows? Uh, it's just you know we, we don't know how far this will go. So, it's just, you have to see it. But yeah, um, I also wanted to make a point, at least, since we're talking about history, we're, we're talking about imperialism, and people are, are thinking in the context of, you know, people are getting confused when, it, when, they, when they're talking about imperialism because some are saying in terms of uh, global imperialism in the current globalist age, they're saying, oh, Russia has no intentions and they don't want to dominate the world. And, and I certainly do believe that's the case. I don't think Putin or uh, his oligarchs in Russia and such, I don't think they have global aims in that sense. They have more regional aims or more uh, internal aims. Um, and securing their borders um, and and they secure their borders by securing their satellite states and their proxy states that's and that's not just the current like Russian state and Russian system like that's how Russia has always behaved but there's also the case about imperialism you know in terms of the current Ukrainian crisis in Eastern Europe but also you have to remember that there's a reason Russia is the largest landmass on the planet, the largest contigu contiguous landmass on the planet. There's a reason for that because, like, they went through Siberia, and they they went to Alaska. Like, they 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 colonized Alaska initially. Although today Alaska doesn't have that same, uh, they haven't really retained that like ancestral Russian culture, although there's probably like really small, small pockets, not to the same degree of like Donbass or Luhansk. But yeah, I mean, they, they were imperialist. They colonized the indigenous peoples of Central Asia, uh, of uh, Siberia, of Alaska, you know, the natives, the Inuits there. Like that's imperialism. And these are, you know, ethnic Slavic Russians this is just manifest destiny like that's what it was of course i don't know like the full like 
because like when you look at history books in U.S. books, it's just like you see like on a map like here's what they took in this year, and then like here's expansions here and here's expansions here. And of course, it's not like with the United States because with the United States, there's a whole like entrepreneurial spirit and like uh, homesteading and such. So in the U.S. Our expansion, our colonial expansion with Manifest Destiny was far more industrial than what Russia had because Russia was still very much up until Soviet, the Bolsheviks, they were effectively a feudal state. So, yeah, so it's not to the same degree. So it's not like Manifest Destiny in terms of like just the industrialization, the mass industrialization, because like, of course, because the U.S. just steamrolled its way through uh the West and with Russia, it was more of a gradual process. At least that's what I'm trying to surmise because I don't really know about the full like details of the Siberian colonization and conquest. But they did colonize Siberia. They did, and that's imperialism. Um, although, to my understanding, the, the the people in those regions, they do see themselves as Russians. And they do generally have, like, autonomy over their lives. And, yeah, they're still, like, pastoral nomads today. Living in Russia, living in the taiga and on the steppe. And they're they're doing just fine. Um, so, yeah. So, it's just, you know, that that is something that I would like to examine more. In fact, because, uh, uh, you know, when I've been doing this podcast, I've been talking about uh, my degree being about journalism. And I've actually... Switch my degree again. I did another switcheroonie. Um, I uh, I am studying history, you know, the good old old reliable history degree, um, with a minor in communications, mass communications. So, so my degree is still in line with this uh, profession uh, since I want to continue with podcasting and uh, other uh, internet platform uh, distribution, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it so I'm still like in that field. I just want to be more specified because I do like history, and this is an area that I am special, highly specialized in, uh, highly motivated and passionate about. That's the problem with college because you you go the the mentality with college is you go in to get a degree that's gonna like maximize your profits, but because I'm choosing a field that's more academic and scholarly. There's less of a financial uh, motivation. Not that I can't make good money doing uh, academic work and such. It's more just we live in this capitalist, like utilitarian, materialist era. So anything that's abstract or intellectual is frowned upon because I guess people's just they they, they have no concept of the immaterial. They, they, to them, there's no use. There's no gain from it because it's just like, this, it's not tangible. I can't hold it. I can't. I can't fumble with it. There's no use to it. it doesn't offer any like. In fact, like the the more abstract and the more uh, scholarly and academic you become, it, it's actually kind of like linked with like depression because a lot of people, like they kind of wake up to like, oh, there's a lot of suffering in this world and. Oh, like so, people don't like doing that. I, I, I do need to work on my attitudes, but I come across as um, being pessimistic because 
I'm not focused on just immediate, I need to feel good. That's not what my mind is at. My mind is more like, I need to understand what's happening in the world. And I can't trick myself into thinking that things are going to turn around and be okay when there's no evidence for that. Because as you can see right now, nothing is happening that's really good. I mean, like, I, I've, I've been following this story in Ukraine. And, you know, I've been seeing some pretty, like, heroic actions from Ukrainian uh, civilians and some... Uh, good, important updates about their actions and their defense of their home, their homeland. So that is inspirational to see. And, like, I really want them to, to fight, not necessarily to the bitter end, because, like, at a certain point, like, there is a, you, you do need to give up. But at the very least, make it a fight. And I shouldn't say, like, the conventional forces, they do need to give up, but there's still going to be a, a insurgent resistance. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna be far different, you know. Tanks and armored vehicles rolling across the plains of Ukraine, you know, the the, the golden wheat plains of Ukraine, right? Yeah, man, it, it's just it's, all this is just crazy, 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 crazy. What's happening? But yeah, I, I'm just you know, there's been a lot of people making takes about Russia and uh, this conflict. And of course, I'm just like going on tangents, just talking about this. And again, this is a lot of quiet in uh, Kiev at the moment. So who knows? Nothing is nothing really serious has happened as of yet. So actually, I'm going to read a little uh, comment um, from the Ministry of Defense. So this, uh, this is a bit unverified, but still, um, there's just some different numbers have been popping up. So from the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense, uh, they report uh, that Russian losses are 80 tanks, 516 armored vehicles, 7 helicopters, and 2,800 personnel. Those are Russian losses. So I guess that includes like captured and killed enemies. And they, they've, yeah, they've been killing a lot of people. Uh, Ukrainian losses I've read are somewhere in like... Uh, I guess around like 500 or so. Um, I would, I certainly is far more inflated. Um, I think those numbers are mainly uh, personnel, military personnel, uh, civilian casualties are certainly going to rise. They're usually the the hardest hit. Although there hasn't really that the major blitz hasn't started yet, is what I meant to say. So, in certain isolated pockets, such as Mariupol, in fact, I just read a report that there's um, an amphibious assault that's occurring in Mariupol. So, yeah, like it, it's it, it's it's happening. All this is uh, starting to unfold, and the Russians are making moves. I I don't think because on the one hand they need speed and they need to move and mobilize and crush the Ukrainian armed forces wherever they find it but I, I still think they're trying to be careful and they don't want um, mass casualties I, I think the Russian military does want to be careful like there was like one video I saw of um, a Russian I think there are airborne forces that were occupying a street a street corner and then of course this elderly woman she comes up to their face and she starts yelling at them and the soldier 
is try to de-escalate it and tell her to move on. She's, of course, yelling, understandably upset. And you can see kind of like um, the body language of these Russian soldiers. They're trying, it's like, they're alert, but you can tell that like, there's this like air of like shame. Like you can kind of tell that they don't want to be there. And some ca captured like uh, Russian uh, troops have been stating that they were told that this is a training exercise or Ukraine attack. Like they were fed false information about Ukrainian attack. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? They could be lying. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that could be uh, that the Russian soldiers can say. But you see some of these images of the captured Russian soldiers and like they are um, just regular guys in a shitty situation. I guess they were sent uh, those like those initial like columns were purposefully sent to be ambushed and assaulted and to be destroyed so that way they could make a claim like oh you see they're you know capturing our forces now we have to commit because you guys it's just like yeah they're trying to how do I say this because it, I don't want it to seem as though I'm casting the Russian military command as the stereotypical bad guy you know I am the bad guy it's just like um, I don't want to do that I just uh, they are going to do certain things that are not conventional that the West doesn't seem deem as conventional there's been reports of like uh, Russian personnel, military personnel seizing Ukrainian vehicles and equipment and uniforms and then just like leading entire columns uh, I I believe that was intercepted the column was intercepted but still like they're just they're they're pulling tricks is basically what's happening they're pulling tricks to gain an advantage uh, so yeah they're, they're just moving to encircle Kiev and things are going to unfold it's still up in the air what's about to happen and I'm still watching these streams and making sure you know if there's anything that's happening uh, I can't really hear anything let me put it to full volume but if there's a serious explosion we'll obviously hear it so yeah so I know I've said a lot in this podcast and I, this is a bit unorganized because usually when I do my podcast I um, I have it like written out. I have it in different phases, right? Different sections, and I talk about different stories. And even then, I'm still a bit unorganized. Like I've been cringe. Like whenever I listen to my older episodes, I, I cringe a lot. But at the same time, I'm just figuring things out. So yeah, I would rather be more critical of the work that I do than just be like, okay, this is perfect. There's no issues with this whatsoever. Uh, despite my lack of expertise, it, it's just uh, something that I got to keep creating, keep working on, and uh, keep building. But uh, yeah, we're entering a new phase in the world stage. And as I stated, you know, I don't know where things are going to go and where my path will lead. And I've already stated that if I can, if if there is an official, if Biden comes out and he, he makes... I, 
man, this is just this is just crazy to think about cuz you know he's old. He's like 79 years old. It's just like he's really old. Like I was listening to the 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 his press briefing and it was a bit deflated, you know, hearing him talk cuz I'm just like, okay, this is a war and he's an older man. This is something that's going to require like effectively like 24 hours surveillance like i had to get some sleep last night and like i probably got like maybe five hours in or something because it's just like okay i might miss something like i seriously thought i was gonna wake up and the city would fall like that's that's how serious things are but he is um i don't want to doubt his ability his abilities in this certain situation because he's making moves and doing sanctions and such and he's committing troops to Europe and Germany and such so he's doing what he can but I'd feel a lot more confident if we had somebody younger as commander-in-chief somebody uh more present and awake no no sh no shade to Mr. Biden especially if I have to you know join the forces like uh, how much a <laughs> bet if I do join, they're going to be like, huh, please elaborate on on this. Like, it's just, yeah, I won't be able to talk like this in the army, boy. I won't, won't be able to. But, um, you know, what, what at least gives me comfort in this situation and at the prospect. Uh, of course, nuclear Armageddon uh, doesn't give me any comfort. But, you know, what gives me at least, you know, calm at least is that this is a a worthy adversary it's not as morally ambiguous as say something like iraq or afghanistan uh of course there are still like imperialist ambitions here i'm not blind to that and i don't support that at all but i just uh to, to me like we, we we have to defend our allies um because what kind of message does that send and i'm not saying the u.s I'm not just saying, because this is not about the U.S. This is about the international rule of law. This is about the, the message that we send as a society and as a global civilization. Are we going to descend back into this stage of this uh, you know, world order of just strong men and... And again, I know I know it sounds hypocritical because the U.S. does whatever the fuck it wants, and I don't support that either. I don't support that at all. So I'm not pretending as though the U.S. is innocent or the West and NATO is innocent in the circumstances. Um, NATO expansion is real. NATO encirclement is real. However, Russia is not like not innocent at all. Like this is they're not even half innocent. And I'm not saying the Russian people. I mean. Putin, the oligarchs, the Russian mob, because that's all, that's really what it all is. It's all, it, it is a true kleptocracy. We can talk about Nancy Pelosi and, you know, her insider trading and all these other establishment elites and the Clintons and Trump and like that, that is all valid, especially now with all this Epstein information and the trial and just, it's just, it's all, all of it is a circus. It's all... How much one is like basically it's you have different country clubs so the eastern central powers china russia all these other iran north korea all these other uh central 
powers. They are, uh, they they have their own country club, and then the West, NATO, America, all the Anglo sphere, uh, that they got their own country club, and now they're feuding. But of course, they're not going to do any of the fighting. They're going to send all the poor people. Both sides are going to do that. So it's the the people who are really going to pay for this, and the the, the rich are going to do just fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I bet defense contractors right now are just like, just cutting their dollars. They're just like, huh, man, we're uh, we're expected to rake in some cash. <laughs> so, I I will say, this is going to be an interesting observation economically because the thing about the world wars prior, economically for the U.S. Oh, those are just dogs. Okay, economically for the U.S. Um, is that the U.S. like wasn't at its like industrial peak as it is today um well actually you can make the case that our industrial capacity has uh gone on the slip side but um yeah it it just wasn't in its glory days even still though like because we were still heavily industrialized but not enough for a, a a true imperialist global superpower so you know, you definitely saw that in World War II, where it's just a complete total mobilization. Um, all the resources are rationed for munitions and, you know, like even nylon stockings and such like that, like cotton and such like that for, for parachutes. Like everything, everything, everything was rationed away for the war effort. And then at the end of all that, they... uh you know, we become the global superpower. Our country managed not to get, you know, totally obliterated. So naturally, we're going to be on top. And, uh, yeah, we've just been maintaining that forever. That that peak industrial, uh, global, uh, military industrial complex. World War II was the start of it. And we're certainly reaching its apex, you could say. Or maybe it's, you know going to kick into a new gear to a a point that we've never seen because we've been fighting you know we've been making weapons to fight you know insurgencies but now we're going to have to produce like whole amounts of like bullets and bombs and shells and um and you know aircraft to sustain uh the losses because the the air war is going to be uh, unimaginable like you know you think ace combat is you know, a crazy game. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, man. I'm just thinking about the economic mobilization and the the manufacturing and the industrialization. Of course, now we have a far more automated uh, system, but you know, there's the mobilization, the economic mobilization, and then there's the 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 rationing that's going to happen, and the prices and such and who knows what's going to happen in a prolonged war because Americans haven't lived with material, uh, you know, shortages to the, you know, at the level that we're going to see. Like I was just over at the, the gas station, the 7-Eleven on my corner and it jumped nine cents in the course of 24 hours and it's going to get worse. Luckily, Texas is a, you know, we're, we're heavy fuel, you know, fossil fuel state. So, We'll have relatively cheap prices, but man, I, I would not want to be in California right now or 
uh, somewhere where there's heavy taxes on the, the gas prices, like, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is going to have huge, huge consequences and ramifications, um, and, uh, I feel like not enough people fully understand it, or they're just like, yeah, whatever, like, hey, this is like, this is, this is serious, and you're going to feel it, bro, yeah, man. I'm just remembering the meme is just like, what's happening in Ukraine? Don't worry about it, babe. Okay, yay. <laughs> like, <it's> just <laughs> that's what, but a lot of uh, people are feeling right now. It's just all of it, all of it, all of it is fucked up. But yeah, man, I'm just in this position, and I'm just like floating this idea, like, oh, I'm gonna join the military if we go to war. It's just like, shut the fuck up. It's just. Still, I, 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 uh, I need to get in shape. I need to, I need to start putting on that weighted vest and you start running hills. I need to really put my ass into gear because this is it, bro. You know, you know, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to talk shit all you want. Like, uh, this is not about America. I'm not fighting for America. I'm fighting for just international like just the rule of law you know putin is a bully we can't have this we can't have superpowers nuclear superpowers stomping around and uh, basically doing what they want without consequence and again you, you the u.s is not justified at all with any of its uh extra judicial military actions i mean they just bombed somalia so like I'm not. I'm not blind to the U.S. The, the actions of the U.S. I'm not blind at all. Um, yeah, it's just this is a nuanced topic. This is a nuanced political issue. Uh, wars, as much as we would like to pretend, especially in this day and age, our political climate and uh, just the nature of warfare in this day and age is not black and white. It is there are various different shades of gray. And ultimately, we have to be cognizant of the plight of the Ukrainian people. Because again, 44 million Ukrainians uh, are not all Nazis. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, Russia might talk about denazification, but that's not what they're not, that's not what they're talking about. They're not really serious about that. They want control. That's all, it, that's all it's about. All it is. Yeah, man. So very di very different uh, circumstances. I think um, I'm at a point where I can just start wrapping up here because I've been talking a lot, and of course uh, this has been very like unorganized, and I'm just like putting everything out there because I got so much to say. But uh, I do intend to record when I record next time. I intend to be more organized and to have more stories laid out, and you know it it will be more of a recap of what I've missed over the past year or so, or or you know it will be. More updates of the current situation in Kiev or uh, in um, Ukraine. You know, it's gonna. I don't intend to record for a couple of weeks. So after a couple of weeks, the country will probably be at least like eighty to ninety percent occupied. Who knows? Um, I'm hoping the best for the Ukrainian forces, but again, like they're just gonna be overwhelmed. But who knows what else is gonna happen on the world stage? And you know, hopefully, it doesn't escalate to a nuclear conflict that quickly hopefully so yeah so anyway um 
best of luck to any Ukrainians who may be listening. Hope you're staying safe and uh, keeping bright and keeping your heads up because, like, this is, like, like you guys are, like, in an actual apocalypse. So, you know, I don't want to say fight to the end because, I mean, if you feel you need to surrender, then do that. But, you know, I'm also not going to fault you for for you know making a last stand because I feel I would feel compelled to do the same if I was under invasion like that I would not want to be captured by Russian troops so yeah uh, anyway best of luck and uh, hopefully you know the world comes to its senses by the time I record next and release and you know, um, I'll be posting pretty heavily on my Twitter. You know, I just want to at least put a disclaimer because there might be moments where I might see something and post hastily. And then as I examine it further, realize, oh, like I should be more tactful with this. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there at least because it happens quite a bit. Um, yeah, but at the very same time, you know. Uh, I'm just trying to follow this as best as I can um, and offer what insight that my, you know, normie brain can uh, chime in because, you know, again, there's whole all, all kinds of like military experts talking about this and examining this and people have had all kinds of predictions and yeah, but all, all po- everything is pointing to this being the worst, worst case scenario, um, especially for tonight. And for the weekend, um, but yeah, this is a bit of a historical document. I'm just surprised that as I've been talking, there hasn't been any bombing. Like, watch the bomb. Like, once I hit stop record, it's going to start falling. But, like, it, yeah, it's just um, all of it. All of it is just this is a highly emotional and charged uh, time and situation. But anyway, I just want to wrap up with that. And hopefully, you know, we'll wake up to better times. But doesn't appear to be the case it appears that we are in the opening stages of a new era and the die has been cast so to speak everybody's fate is now in the hands of the ruling elites the the imperial powers that be that are or whatever i'm just yeah this is a game it really is it's really just like sports and games because yeah it's a dick measuring contest that's all it is so anyway love you all peace on earth and uh stay safe out there Марш боевой взорвал Шквальный огонь Встретил пехоты цепь Дыбом пред ней вставала земля В небе рвалась шрапнель Замолчал артист молодой Еле слышен марш боевой И корнет Умолк и волторна Лишь играет трубач седой 
и вперед Близок окопов ряд Гибель свинец навстречу несет Но нет нам пути назад Венский вальс оркестру полковому В парке городском не играть И трубачу, и артисту молодому В сопках судьба лежать Горничу трав Болью сжимает грудь Ваших героев тени кружат Наливает грусть Спите, бойцы Вечная память вам Нерукотворный стал к небесам Славы нетленных храм И не крест на сопках стоит Не гранит покой ваш хранит о боях и товарищах павших Вальс манджурский в сердцах звучит. 